Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cast Without Trace, a podcast without a trace. You are joined today by myself, Dunk, they, them pronouns, and... And I am Jason, and I use he, him pronouns, and it has been far too long since I have talked to you, Dunk. It has simply been been far too long. It's been about a month and a half since we recorded the first and only episode of this podcast, and now we are hitting number two, so hopefully we can get a little bit more consistent. It's just life is crazy. I I mean. Really, we did record two episodes, I do have to say. We did record That's two true. episodes. In our credit, we recorded two episodes the first time. <laughs> so, I, yes, you're not wrong. Double the amount of effort. Um, so today, we are going to be talking about uh, the newest playtest material from Wizards of the Coast. We're a little bit late on this. Uh, this came out on October 8th, so we're about a month out from the release of this. They haven't yet, as far as I know, put out the player survey for it, which means that they're still testing it and they're still taking feedback for it. So we're not super late on it. S- this UA, this uh, Unearthed Arcana, this playtest material, it is hinting towards some extra planar stuff, some traveling through the planes, some spell jammer stuff. Dunk, do you have any experience with spell jammer as a setting? Uh, yeah, I was actually uh, about to say a uh, spell jammer when, when, you, when you got to say the good, good word first. Um, and that is... Uh, Spelljammer was around in different uh, earlier versions of of this good good game that we love, and um, one of my buddies who is kind of our forever DM uh, has actually acquired a, a bunch of the source material from back then, like printed source material from from back then, and he has been looking to implement it into Five E basically for the past i want to say three years two of which obviously have been pandemic time so it hasn't been as effective however yeah we've been talking about this for quite a while Spelljammer is 100 percent something that um has been something that i've been interested in as as long as i've known about it um you know the whole idea of like the astral um plane and you know the um i guess interplanar travel uh you know especially the idea of like voyaging between those and such it it just is such an interesting concept that occurs naturally if one is playing D and D enough. You know, it, it it comes down to when you're looking at the lore, when you're looking at all these things, the different planes and all that. You want to go there, absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely, you do. Yeah. You want to you want to go to the different planes. You want to go to the in between spaces. You want to explore like the wilds of that. And I feel like you know it just makes sense. And I mean, it's, it makes it's, sense. It makes sense. This feels very it, f- it felt inevitable that eventually wizards of the coast is going to get here with 5e it's definitely one of the most requested settings or playtest material that the community has i know that people have been calling for this for a very long time and they keep kind of hinting towards it but this feels like the first deep dive that they're doing so i i, I would expect to see a, a full spell jammer book within the next year and a half or so uh, come out from wizards so i'm, and, I'm very excited for that because yeah. I, I i don't have any experience with with spell jamming in D and D, because I was I'm very much too late to the party for for anything like that. So uh, the five E experience and jumping into that here would be a really good time. So I can't wait. Um, and yeah. this is making me pretty excited to be honest with you. This this playtest material has a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, I I mean to to be to be truthful, I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, yeah. It it feels it feels overdue for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, some parts of this playtest material, I think I'm surprised this is the first time we're really seeing it. Um, the big, or I guess the, really the only thing in this playtest material, there's six new races that they're playing with. Uh, so we're just going to go down the list um, in order, and we're going to talk about how we feel about them um, in terms of power level, in terms of uh, concepts, in terms of flavor, in terms of how, how, how we feel in general and overall about these different uh, ancestries that they presented us with. Some of them are pretty offbeat, as they should be, uh, and we'll talk about that more when we get into it um but the first one on the list here is the astral elf duncan what do we know about the astral elf the astral elf comes from uh different feywild elves who ventured into the astral plane um and found life in the silver void of creation um and so this void uh this silver light um basically enhances certain aspects of the elves through uh you know interplanar mutations um, and gives them some really cool stuff, including an even um, longer uh, lifespan than most yeah. other elves. I, I actually I want to touch on that because uh, they're starting to 
kind of homogenize all of the races in D and D in the fact that like if they don't list an age or a um, a size you have to assume effectively that it's like the same as humans i think it's interesting that the first ua they come out with after they say that is like hey here's an astral elf and we don't know how long they could live when they're in the astral sea like they they say outside of the astral plane they can live 750 years but inside it's like who knows time is nothing to them so time i think it's interesting real. that they've already gone into um ancestries that can really take their time if you know what i mean yeah, and I mean, when it comes down to it, the Astral Elf has a lot of similar, um, you know, sort of aspects of what the rest of the elves have. You know, you've got yep. your Dark Vision, you've got your Fey Ancestry, you've got your Keen Senses, yep. and you got your Trance. However, there are some interesting little additions here. Um, the Astral Fire is a uh, particular thing in which you can uh, choose one of the following cantrips of Dancing Lights, uh, Light or Sacred Flame. And yeah. they're leaving it entirely open to uh, whatever, you know, basically spell casting ability you want to use, either intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. Yeah. I like this. I think the list is weird. I get that they're mm -hmm. going for a light thing, like a light theme. Um, but dancing lights and light are two very similar cantrips. Uh, and I think yeah. most people would agree <laughs> that light is almost always strictly better because it doesn't require concentration, which mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah. Um, but being able to pick uh, like a utility or a damage cantrip, I think, is interesting. And the uh, the ability to pick what spellcasting uh, ability you're using for the cantrip should be errated onto every single ancestry that gets uh, innate spellcasting. There's no 100%. reason why you should be limited now that they're going to these different, like, you can put your uh, racial ability scores wherever you want to go. Um, I, I think this should be, like, in my games, I'm going to home rule it, and I think it should be errated that if you get spellcasting as a race, then you get to pick what... Um, what ability you're using to cast those spells. 100%. I, I fully agree. I've kind of already been implementing that uh, in, in my new games. Um, one of the other interesting things that you get is uh, you get a Radiant Soul feature, which yeah. uh, allows you to um, regain hit points on a successful uh, death save. And yeah. then you also get Trans Proficiencies, which is a very interesting little, little piece there. Yeah, so... For the, for the Radiant Soul part, um, you're just harder to kill, is really what it means. I think it's a good ability. Um, basically, the first time that you go down during the adventuring day, you get to come back up. So that's not it's not bad. It's probably a worse version of like the Orc ability to, or the Half Orc ability to come back uh, to 1 HP when you hit 0, because you are unconscious for a round when it happens. Um, or several rounds, because you have to succeed on the saving throw rather than just when mm -hmm. it happens. Yeah, it could take but you up still to three rounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you you could even still die in the meantime, right? Exactly. Like, you you yeah. don't necessarily you're not you're not guaranteed to roll a successful death saving throw after you're unconscious. Um, so no. it's it's I would say probably you know 70, 80 percent of the time this is going to bring you up once after you've gone unconscious, but there's still that chance that you even if you haven't used this ability yet in the day, you're just going to die straight up. Um, so it doesn't it's not a guaranteed save the first time that you go under. Now the tra the trans proficiencies is actually much more interesting. I think if you want to touch on that, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, every time you finish a long rest, which is in your trance, uh, you get two proficiencies for a weapon or a tool of your choice, and you can change yeah. these up every single long rest. Um, you know, basically, it comes from the idea of shared elven memory from the astral void. Yeah, so this is a very specific ability. The fact that it doesn't give you skill proficiencies, you only get to pick weapons or tools it, it limits it for sure um it also means that if you want to play an astral elf of a certain class that doesn't get proficiency in a specific weapon you can just take the weapon every single time you finish a short rest or a lot or sorry every time you finish a long rest with the trance so really you can you can play like a forge cleric that has access to those martial or a martial weapon every time that you finish a, a long rest so it does open up some possibilities for character concepts for sure i think the tool proficiency for me, is more interesting, and it's obviously more specific, um, because mm -hmm. you're going to have to know in advance, like, oh, I might have to, like, drive a boat today. <laughs> so you can take proficiency in, like, sea vehicles, and um, and then you would you would be better at driving a boat. So I, th I think that kind of stuff is, is, is more interesting to me, even though it's more specific and kind of limited in its scope. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's it's quite an interesting, um, you know, feature in, in that same regard. Like, you can have... 
you know, you, you could be planning a heist, right? And then like, okay, yeah. well, we all want to get some rest before we go for the heist. So you have a long rest before you go on the heist. And then like, you think about it. Okay, well, you know what? We're going to be stealing something. All right. So yeah. maybe I would like to have a proficiency with thieves tools because we don't mm -hmm. have a thief. You know, like that kind of thing really is interesting. But I think what, what makes it even more interesting is the flavor and the fact that it's shared elven memory. Because yeah, if you think about like the astral void, yeah. But if you even if you think about like the astral void, like the whole point of it is it's 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 the opposite or the inverse of like the material void. So yes. like yeah, the material plane. Yeah, and so the yeah the material plane and then the astral plane. Um, so when you are thinking about this, I mean, when they say like, oh yeah, like we have no idea how long they live and such, and we have no idea how it works in these things. I mean, you know, the idea of needing a material body in an astral plane doesn't yeah. fully make sense. So, I mean, I, I, I could even see this going into the idea of like, you know, maybe similar to the, um, to the, to the rogue that we didn't uh, particularly love the phantom rogue. Yeah, um, it's very similar to that. It's you very, know, very you, similar yeah. You could that. even have it in that sense of like, well, you know, it's like, this is a body that you've made for yourself on the material plane or whatever plane you're on um, that requires such. Uh, but like, it's really just a constructed husk, right? Like you, yeah. your 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 soul yourself has no real connection to it. Yeah. So you could even have like with the trans proficiencies idea, like you could have multiple souls or consciousness occupying the same body, right? That's true. And yeah. you could I, have... I think I think making it a hive mind is a really interesting flavor. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I think that actually works really well. We are the astral elf. Yeah, you just refer yeah. to yourself as we all the, like the royal we all the time. I love it. No, I, I think it's a it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Uh, in terms of character concepts, is there anything that jumps out to you uh, in terms of, like, if you wanted to play an Astral Elf? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, 100%. I think just for the for the pure auditory joy of saying it every time, I think I would I love to do an this. Astral Elf with the Astral Self. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to do Astral Elf, Astral Self, but I want to at some point get Astral Projection. I just want to have as many of the words Astral as I can on one character. Oh, yeah. Feet. And then you project your Astral Elf onto the Astral Shelf. Oh, absolutely. You're, yeah. <laughs> you got a little astral elf on the astral shelf. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, it, like, in seriousness, though, like, I don't know if this is the most interesting um, ancestry that they've included in this playtest material for me. Uh, I do feel it may be, and this is maybe just me, I feel like it might have been shoehorned in just as a way to kind of ground players who aren't necessarily into all of, like, the weirder stuff that's in mm -hmm. here, where it's like, hey, we have other weird crap in here, but if you want to just be an elf, you can be an elf, you know? And we have we already have a lot of elf sub-races, so I felt like it might be a little necessary, but, you know, there's always a place for, for something like this. I, I, I almost wonder sometimes if there is, like, a rule, um, like, in Wizards of the Coasts, uh, like, you know, just corporate hierarchy or corporate bylaws um where they have to include an elf in like every uh oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. published it's, it's thing mandated by yeah. Hasbro. um yeah. <laughs> exactly uh yeah because it's 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 just that but i i have seen recently that they are just getting really horny for the world for the word astral oh yeah like it oh, is yeah well it's like <laughs> they, they they're specific like eldritch is another one that they just love to use oh, like my goodness. yeah a it's dozen like... abilities in the game that use the word eldritch yeah, it's it's like it's like if you look at any Irish show and and just count the amount of times they say we, right? Like to describe really? things. Yeah, it's just like oh, like the we shop there. It's like oh, we got a bit of a we <laughs> problem, you know. Like uh, if if you watch Dairy Girls, it's all during like the troubles in Ireland, right? And it's just yeah, like oh, out, we've had like Dairy a yeah, we stand Dairy Girls. Um, I've but, never seen it. Oh well, the, you definitely need to. Um, I'll put it. it on, is, I'll put it on my list. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is a solid time, Kelsey. And I've just been rewatching it. But nice. I mean, I, I, like it's it's all during the troubles, right? Which is like you know a, a, a very tense, uh, stressful time of of you know domestic terrorism and and such. Um, and you know, at one point they say, "Oh, sorry, we have to like stop this little, uh, you know, we have to we have to stop the film because we've had a uh, at the theater here, we've had a wee bomb threat, you know." Just and it's just like, <laughs> "Hey, that <laughs> that's not small. You don't need yeah. to call it we. You know, it just it reminds it's, me it's of the, like, the Arrested Development where he says uh, he might have committed some light treason. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. It's like you can't just put Eldritch or Astral in front of something in and of think anything, it's original. Just make it work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <But> <laughs> moving uh, on to yeah. 
yeah, moving on to the next thing we got going on here um, is the Auto Gnome, uh, which is one of the best names for an ancestry that I think Wizards have, has come up with uh, over the course of 5e's history. Oh, 100%. Um, so Auto Gnomes are mechanical creatures that are built by gnomes in their image. So uh, in the same way that in a lot of lore, dwarves are uh, kind of built by the gods in a god's image. Now we have a more mortal version of that where it's a gnome who's making a little robotic gnome. One thing to note that is super creepy in the slaver text, and I don't know how I feel about it, is that they suggest that some autonomes might have actual beating hearts in their chest cavities, which makes me like, where did you get that heart, dude? Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit of a you... no thank you. <laughs> just, yeah, no, like, yeah. <laughs> it almost makes me, well, we can get into this more. But it almost, and I don't want to expose myself too much as a, like a nerd, but it almost reminds me of the Cybermen from Doctor Who, where they have like these weird, um, uh, like natural parts of their body. Like sometimes they are it's just like a human being on the inside, but they are just mm-hmm. so overtaken by this like robotic structure that they basically become less than human. It's very weird to me. Um, yeah, I mean personally, it kind of reminds me of um, like Cyborg from DC Comics, which is like the oh, yeah. the, the only remaining um, organ or the only two remaining organs that he has, like like biological organs, are uh, his heart and his brain. So yeah. I, I mean that that's even a character concept there is like a gnome who got turned into an auto gnome because of some like like Robocop to do an auto. Yeah. <laughs> we can rebuild him. Uh, we have the technology. Um, so six the auto million gnome, dollar gnome. Uh, yeah, the auto gnome is a small construct. Um, they get uh, some unarmored defense, which I think is interesting. Their armor mm-hmm. class, if you're not wearing armor, you get 13 plus your dex. So I don't know if that's necessarily all that useful. It could be for a class that uses light armor. Um, but who who really knows? Like, it, it, it's it's kind of... Uh, like, the best non-magical leather armor you can get is 12 plus your dex modifier. Mm-hmm. So you're already beating that out, which is it's not bad. Um, you get some interesting... Like, you get to add a d4 uh, to any... Like, you basically get, like, a one-use guidance... Uh, or not not a one use, but you get to use it uh, as many times as your proficiency bonus, which ranges anywhere between two and six, depending on what level you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like limited guidance on yourself. Um, you're you're a robot, so you don't have to uh, sleep, you don't have to eat, um, and you get like some tool proficiencies. Um, yeah. One thing that I'll say about it is that I kind of wish they went all in on the construct thing because they have a little uh, disclaimer at the end where um, even though they are a construct type, you still get to be healed by things like cure wounds. And I get uh, why they do it for flavor. Or, yeah. sorry, I get why they do it for mechanics. Yeah, for flavor. But, I like, mean, I just wish they would go all in on it. I, I mean, I, I, I have to disagree, I think, a little bit. Because I, I feel like they are going into it. Because the idea is that you have, like, you know, it's these autonomes um, have a semblance of, of life and free will as, as a playable character, right? Or, or are intended yeah, to. And they are activated by magic, which could potentially mean, like, a soul. Yeah. Right, and especially um, if they have like a large amount of um, organic parts, I feel like that that could also work. Hundred percent. But I think it. you know what's really important is also you can cast the mending spell to heal an autonome, yes. which yes. is I, I I think the flavor that you're looking for, and I I, I think it'd yeah. also be like entirely uh, reasonable considering mending is a cantrip to um, not allow the cure wounds, healing words, spare the dying, uh, or well, m- maybe it, it spare is the dying is thing. yeah. Because you only get to do it the amount of like hit dice that you have, so it's not unlimited. Um, that is true. But yeah. but you yeah. could just but eliminate I will, I that rule say, as well. You could just be like, okay, true. well you can. That's true. Yeah, like mending spell or anything in that regard, like healing inanimate objects. That is what would heal you. You wouldn't heal from yeah. like these other things. I mean, it's, I it's, suppose the yeah. way that they've printed it, it's kind of a nice middle ground. But I could I could see a house rule going either way, or even when it's printed officially, if it ever gets to that point, I could see it kind of leaning into either direction. Yeah, wizards. Um, wizards loves the middle ground. Yeah, wizards does love to kind of hit that. Like they love to stay on the fence. I'll say that. Um, I will say about the auto gnome. Um, compared to the astral elf, this is exactly what I want out of new ancestries and races from Wizards of the Coast. Even if I don't necessarily love the auto gnome as much as I love some of the further down uh, races that we'll talk about, I think we've gotten enough normal stuff out of races in D anD D, and I think at this point. What I want is things that are specific and weird, and the autonome is certainly specific and weird. Like I think something that can that only is niche and only a certain amount of players are gonna like to play it, and maybe they're not available in every campaign. But having the option to be like, yeah, I'm a little robot gnome, and I, I that's what I do. 
Like I think that's really interesting. The the elephant in the room, the thing that's going to really be hung over uh, the autonome's head if it ever gets published for real is is it distinct enough mechanically to justify its existence when the warforged is already so well established. Yeah. Could wizards just say, "Hey, just so you know, warforged can now be small." And would that be enough? Right? Like is this just does this need to exist if the if the warforged exists? That that is a really good question, and that is something that I thought of before. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So now, like gnomes have their own warforge. Like, why? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it feels um, like. Yeah, but I mean, I I think there's like enough difference between the two that it, it, you know, has something at least mechanically. Like, there's some, you know, flavor. Like, if if you're if you're if you like, the idea of a warforge, but you're like, hmm, I don't know, could be different, could be better. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The autonome features are really good. And I think those could I be easily that. interchangeable. Uh, in terms of character concepts, the Clockwork Soul is obvious. Like th- that, that those two are a match made in heaven in terms of oh, yeah. like uh, race to class combo. Um, Artificer makes sense. I think a rogue could almost make sense. Um, I don't know if you have any other like specific concepts for the autonome. Uh, yeah, I mean to be honest with you, I think that um, it could very easily. I I I could see it in most most classes to be honest yeah. like I, mean, I, I could see it as designed, a fighter yeah. yeah i could see it as a fighter i could see it um you know designed to be um even a wizard i would say because that's oh, yeah. basically just say. fantasy science um yeah. you know a barbarian i guess uh you know depending. <laughs> activate defense mode <laughs> yeah um but like you know i i I think if I were to do an autonome, I think it would have to be either a rogue or a fighter or maybe a monk. Okay, I monk is interesting. Yeah, like I I, I don't know, maybe maybe I would assume like way of the open hand, but I mean like, you yeah. know, you could have a autonome who is a four elements monk and just has like That's instead of sick. instead of it be even just being magic, you could just have like flamethrowers yeah, like and stuff a, in you. A hose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would work out perfectly. I think that would be really good flavor, to be honest. Yeah. You just, you reflavor the autonome as a walking bong, and then you take the four elements, and you, <laughs> you know, you can get all four in there. Uh, okay, so what what if what if the autonome was created just to be a bong for, like, a Goliath? See, this is this is what I'm thinking, right? Like, that, that <laughs> especially for Spelljammer, I don't know, it could work. It could work. Man, you'd have to have like a like a negative three in your in your constitution because you're made out of glass or something. Would you like to Would you like to move move forward? Yeah, Dunk, talk to me about GIF, just for a second. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So this is this is uh, when when we right before we started recording, you asked me if I had made any show notes because you had some very pretty looking show notes, and I told you I had show note. Um, you did have show note. Uh, it was it was singular, and it was just a screenshot of some of the description of the GIF. And yep. uh, so basically just to, to give like the quick rundown at the beginning, uh, they are tall hippo like people. They are hippo like humans. Yeah. They, they are just hippo people. Yeah. That is, they that is what they are. And they wear monocles and they are hippo people and they're famous exactly. for using guns. That is their thing. hundred uh, percent. And I mean, also uh, it is a great idea to think about this and to think about the hippopotamus vibe. And to just remember that you could be a hippopotamus bard named the Hippopotamus. The Hippopotamus, yeah. His his uh, lyrics are bottomless, from what I've heard. Precisely. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's not because he's fat. Don't listen to no. Steve. Um, but <laughs> basically, the, 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 the thing that really upset me is I'm just going to read it out. Um, yep. The GIF are split into two camps concerning how their name is pronounced. Half of them say it with a hard G, and half of them say it with a soft G. Those are the wrong ones. Disagreements over the correct pronunciation often blossom into hard feelings, loud arguments, and headbutting contests, but rarely escalate beyond that. Yep. So wizards put a gif gif joke in their uh, in their UA, which I I appreciate. I respect it. I I didn't see it coming, and as soon as I read it, I was like, yeah, all right, respect. Uh, hats off. I didn't laugh. I did respect it though. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I, 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 I didn't really respect it, but I, I didn't expect to see it there. And I'll tell you why I didn't expect to see it there. Um, and that's because it's no longer 2015. 
Yeah, like, you're right. Like, you're right. Wizards, you, there there have been many other opportunities. Why are you choosing to do this now? Like, it feels like being Rickrolled in 2021. Like, it's yeah. the exact same feeling. It's, it's like if someone were to talk to you nowadays and be like, yo, why would you ever buy an X-Bone, right? Like, with the Xbox One versus PS4. Yes. And it's like, hey, we've moved on from that. There are yeah, bigger fish to fry. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, wh- when are you from? Have you been living under a rock since then? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do feel like Wizards has been living under a rock since 2015. But um, in terms of mechanics, there's two things that I want to point out. One of which is that, and I mentioned this, the GIF are famous for using guns. That's kind of their whole thing. They're like gun-wielding hippos. And they don't get any abilities that help them with ranged attacks at all. In fact, one of their only two notable abilities is uh, that they get to reroll ones on melee attacks. Uh, in terms of damage die, not in terms of attacks. So they're actually incentivized to use like big old weapons, which I think is both like kind of frustrating because of how much they're associated with like weaponry, like ranged weaponry. But I also think it's really funny that they're not at all built for wielding these guns and they do it anyway. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm a little disappointed in that. And then the other one, it yeah. just doubles down on that on that idea because it's like you have advantage on strength based ability well, checks crap. and and strength based saving throws when i first read that i i was like that must be a typo this is okay powerful build is the second half of this ability which is uh you count as one size larger for carrying capacity and pulling and lifting things having always on advantage on strength based ability checks and saving throws is almost as good as being able to have always on rage and in some ways it's actually better because you can still cast spells it's kind of like i i i can't believe this made it to printing if it is, if the gift gets printed with this ability, I will eat my own shoe. I I cannot believe that this is a, a words that I read in a UA. Always you know, on advantage on strength based ability checks and saving throws is so good. You may actually have to eat your shoe because if you're looking at like balance, um, in in just between races and stuff. I mean, it's 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 not great to begin with, but if you look at it, you know the damage dealer feat. And the hippo build, literally the only two racial feats that GIF get. Yeah. So they're not, there is they're that. not very strong. Oh, I mean, they, they can swim. That's the other, like, it's, it's, it's a little bit hidden, but they, they have a 30-foot swimming speed. Whatever. Who cares, basically? It's, it comes up so rarely. Like, I don't think I've ever played in a game where having a swimming speed mattered all that much. So Yeah. It's like, I am, I I am playing, a, I, sorry, not I'm playing. I am running a game now that is in an archipelago, and it's very, like, water-focused. Yeah, and someone was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna take a race with a swimming speed. That's not gonna bust anything, am I? Like, is it?" And I'm just like, "No, I don't think swimming speeds really matter. To be honest, I don't think you're actually going to be in the water. You're gonna be on a boat or something. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's just, exactly right. What is the point of a swimming speed? Who knows? Well, it's, even it's and kind of if, if this is actually like, if we're gonna be playing GIF in Spelljammer games, like you're on a boat in the Astral Sea, bro. Like, there's no water." Exactly. Like, you're not swimming I don't know. in the Astral Sea. Simple as that. Yeah. You're not so swimming out in space. It, the, the abilities here, they make you want to play, like, a, a melee marshal. Um, probably a fighter, because the rage with a barbarian is redundant. Uh, or largely redundant with the hippo build ability. Yeah. Um, but I, this feels to me like the... Like, even, even beyond the elf, it feels like the least inspiring one on the list which kind of feels bad because it's a big old hippo guy like how am i how how am i looking at the stat blocks for playing a giant humanoid hippo and being like meh yeah no you're exactly right like i'm looking at this and i'm like that is a fucking fighter that is that is that is a monk that is like i I think you could actually do a great strength-based monk are you kidding that would be insane that's that's actually absolutely true and especially like with the amount of rules that you're doing for damage with a monk, yeah. like the amount of attacks you're making on a turn, like yeah, that that that, Having, that like you're getting yeah, you're getting the best bang for your buck. You're a gra- like imagine a grappler build where you always have advantage on your grapple checks. Oh, fuck yeah, that would be it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I I think in terms of uh, the rest of this article, it, it's it is up from here. Um, because mm-hmm. I th- I think the gif is kind of the again it's it's the least um inspiring one to me and the next one i think is very cool i think the uh they're called hazardy hat had dozy had i don't hadozy. know how you're supposed to pronounce it 
Um, but they're monkeys. They're flying monkeys. They're little. Uh, they are described boys. as uh, people with simian features. Uh, they have uh, loose skin uh, hanging from their arms and legs, and when they stretch it taut, they can uh, glide, which is fucking awesome. Uh, uh, right off the bat, I think this is probably the easiest one to just plop into an already existing D and D world. Hundred percent. Because if if you have forests and jungles, which is what they describe the habitat of a hadozi as. Just put it in there. I don't know. Like, it, it seems fun to me. Like, having a little monkey race. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it would be super fun. And, I mean, like, the fact that you get, like, a climbing speed equal to your walking speed yeah. is just so much fun. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, do you want to actually, do you want to run down the, the abilities here? Because I think they're they're largely very cool, but there's one that um, po- stands out to me as being uh, much too powerful. Uh, I, I am going to assume that it is dexterous feet that you're talking about. It which is, is the dexterous feet. Yeah, and that is you can use, uh, uh, you can take the use an object action as a bonus action. Do you know where else that text appears in the game? Uh, yeah, that's for the thief uh, it's, for, it's the level three ability as the thief rogue. Yeah. So just baseline, it's it's very reminiscent of, you know, the ability, the strength advantage for, for GIF. Just for being a Hadozi, you get a third level ability from a specific subclass in the game. Um, it's very good. It's too good, probably too good. Um, just being able to have any class in the in the entire game, and then also be able to use like alchemist fire and an acid and uh, caltrops as a bonus action, is probably too good. Uh, but it does make me want to play one really bad. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It, it makes it really exciting. It's something we haven't seen before. But also, it only has two two racial features again, like the like the gif. Um, and yeah. not the GIF. Um, <laughs> you basically, you get to use an object action as a bonus action, and then you get a gliding uh, feature, which is really just which like if you're not incapacitated or wearing heavy armor. You get to glide. It, it's, yeah. it's, and then if it, you have the monk ability where um, you can use your reaction to, or actually I think it's better than monk ability. Use your reaction to reduce fall damage to zero. Instead of, yeah. I think the monk is half, but um, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Like fall damage is so rare. I think I think it's tied to key. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, too, it might be. But yeah, yeah. I, I just taking fall damage is not something you're doing very like maybe once in a campaign, just because like you fall off a, uh, a cliff or whatever. But that that dexterous feat ability, instantly, I want to play an oh, alchemist, yeah. um, an alchemist artificer, because that subclass isn't very good like as a baseline. But being able to create alchemist fire and then throw it as a bonus action is amazing like like I, I think alchemist rogue is actually a pretty good multi-class that i've wanted to try out for a long time because of that ability and now you don't have to take any rogue levels you don't have to take a three level dip into rogue to get that ability you can just be a monkey exactly and i mean like yeah. that makes i i, I mean D D is not built for multi-classing like at least 5e it's it's not yeah it's not it's it's, it's always been an optional rule yeah it's it's um it's it's not balanced it's not um it's it's just a little bit whack um so being able to subvert that with a race is just, I think, far better because you get you yeah. now you now you can be a level twenty alchemist and still have that one feature that you wanted from from your uh, from your thief background or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I that's instantly that's where my mind goes. Also, uh, uh, a Hadozi uh, pirate captain is making me smile for some reason. Just oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like a rogue Hadozi. Um, oh man, that would be so. Now cool. the interesting thing is that like you, you, they actually they call out that the, their feet are as dexterous as their hands, but they don't actually say that you can wield like three weapons at once or four <laughs> weapons at once if you're just like on your back. <laughs> I I feel like uh, one that is not practical for fighting. No, and, not at all. <laughs> um, and two, I do think it'd be funny. Though. Um, I I feel like at that point, um, you know, that would be a lot of weight. I mean, long swords are heavy. Short swords yeah. are also. So let, let me heavy. let me. Let me throw an idea at you. What if you had, like, I imagine a Hadozi on a ship, on a pirate ship, and um, with his hands, he's holding on to, like, a rope. He's, like, swinging from a rope, and then with his feet, he has, like, two scimitars, and he's just, like, slashing <laughs> with his feet. Like, I don't know. That, I mean, that makes I, me smile. I, I love that idea. I'm going to do you one better, because you're talking because sure. you're talking about the GIF, and they use guns. Imagine a pirate captain, like a Hadozi <laughs> pirate captain, using their hands, or not not even, using one hand to, like, you know, drop down on a rope or something or swing on a rope, and then you've got three flintlock pistols. You just got three guns. Oh my goodness, that would be so cool. That's pretty good. I like that a lot. I don't know, like, again, I think the Hidozi is the easiest to just jump to, like, I, I'm probably just going to put it in my campaigns, in my in my campaign settings, just because I think it's a cool, it's a cool idea. Like, humanoid monkey, or um, like a player race monkey 
is not something we've had. We've had like three different cat races, but no monkeys. So let's get a monkey in there. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, you could just, you could do it and yeah, you could do like an entire party of Hidozi and just be like apes together strong. Okay. Talk to me about plasmoids, Duncan. Uh, yeah. So plasmoids are amorphous beings with no typical shape. Uh, they're basically just ooze. The you you yeah. In people. fact, uh, you you see creature type. Uh, creature type. You, you are, are an ooze. Capital yeah. O. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Basically, you get to be amorphous. Uh, you get dark vision for some reason because apparently you still have eyes. You can see in the, you have um, you can see. Yeah, you well, can they hold your blind sight, shouldn't they? That would make that, more that's sense, what but... I was thinking. Yeah, like I would yeah. make it blind sight, which I think would be super cool. Uh, yeah, because you hold your breath for an hour, because I guess they still need to breathe yeah. sometimes, just yeah. not a lot. And you can uh, reshape yourself, and uh, yes. you can also extrude a pseudopod, uh, which um, can become objects and such. Um, and so basically, you can stab people with a part of yourself while holding that part of yeah. yourself. You're basically, from DC Comics, uh, arm fall off boy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can, absolutely can be. Yeah. I, um, I've seen a number of people online i think misinterpret this uh this plasmoid ability um because in the flavor text they say um in the presence of other folk they often adopt adopt a similar form so i think a lot of people think of this as like almost a changeling but i think the intention is that even if you shape yourself as a humanoid you still are oozic like you you still have like green or like you're still see-through and you're still green you know what i mean yeah like like you're still goo it's just you you have you are a goo in a human shaped container yeah now i will say something interesting that you can actually work with is if you uh if you go into warlock with a plasmoid (laughs) which i don't know we can talk about character concepts later uh but if you take mask of many phases um because disguise self, you have to take um, form uh, like uh, you have to take a form that already has like the amount of limbs that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, in theory, like become a couch. Like you can disguise yourself as a couch if you're a plasmoid. You can disguise yourself as like a knife if you're a plasmoid, just because like they don't have any limbs. Yeah, I mean, I, even on top of that, like you could, um, I mean, it, you can create yourself. You can give yourself arms, legs, and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um. So you could potentially give yourself four legs. And you could yeah. you could use the mask of many faces to become a dog. Absolutely, I I, I think there's congrats. A lot of there's no now, need for a druid anymore. Um, that, Warlocks well, have replaced <laughs> druids in the fact of yeah. wild shape. Like, um, I will say, like I, I did uh, haze you a little bit for not having a lot of notes this week. But under plasmoid, I have written fuck yes, and then as a sub note, I've written fuck yes. Um, just because this is when I was saying weird and specific, this is what I'm looking for. Hundred you know I mean? percent. This is not going to be allowed in a lot of campaigns. If you beg your DM to play a plasmoid, they are going to say no ten t- nine times out of ten. On the other hand, if you have a very strong plasmoid concept, then hell yeah, more power to you, brother. My 100%. <laughs> and I say brother, oh my, my brother Cameron. But as soon as he read this, he decided that he was going to play a grapple build. Like he was going to be oh, a uh, a bard in a traveling circus, like a strong man, like a wrestler. Um, but a plasmoid. I love it. <laughs> Which I think is just hilarious. He was gonna call. I think it was. I think he was gonna call himself the Green Bastard, um, which I think is just absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, it is difficult for me to conceptualize a build with the plasmoid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I love the idea of a warlock plasmoid. To be honest, um, like a news yeah. who gained like more information and sentience from like a yeah, survival you like pack. you made a you made a deal to become like a sentient ooze and yeah. in exchange like you do whatever your patron wants you to do. It's so funny. Hundred percent. I think that would be a fantastic idea. I I could imagine like a uh, a, a plasmoid ooze, um, like I could imagine a, a cleric in that okay, regard clerics. too. I think. Um, I I, <laughs> okay, I think. What? What domain, though? Um, I mean, I, I think it would be really interesting to look at it with, like, a destruction domain. Uh, not Sorry, yeah. not destruction. Uh, like, nature in the idea of destruction. Oh, okay. Because, like, you, you're, you're, like, acidic, right? Um, or at least that, that's what oozes usually are. They're really acidic yeah. and stuff. Um, and so, you know, the idea of, like, that relationship to nature, because you are an ooze who doesn't have these acidic features. Like your racial features don't have anything like that. You just have That's like true. a resistance to acid you get, and poison. You get resistance to acid, yeah. But but um, you can't actually you don't get any like yeah. Yeah, you can't like dissolve stuff. Yeah. Um. So I think it would be really interesting to see that, especially if you can change your shape and adapt mm. around to nature around you. I think it would be a really interesting, uh, you know, relationship there, 
but I mean, like, you know, the knowledge domain being an, uh, a sentient ooze, I feel like, you know, wanting to find that knowledge actually, and devoting actually, yourself now to that a you patron. That, like, that, is, that is gelling in my head, for sure. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be to be done there. Um, I think Can I throw, like, transmutation wizard out there? Like, I just think wizard. Yeah, I, I was going to say wizard or, like, sorcerers. Could you imagine, yeah. like, well, uh, like, a I mean, plasmoid with a... Yeah. Sorcerer? <laughs> oh, man. Pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking of, like, a draconic ancestry. I don't know why, but maybe that's because you can <laughs> then get, like, acid damage. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, hold on, hold on, because I'm getting there. What if you're an ooze who, like, swallowed a dragon, and now you have draconic powers? Like, they're, like you're, you, you, like, inside of you, you can just see, like, a little baby dragon just, like, floating in there, like, suspended in, in animation. And 100%, because yeah. Because of that, you do get those draconic powers. I think that, wow. Okay, that might work. What, what, okay, what, 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 what if you were an ooze in a dragon's lair? And uh, you realize at a certain point you can't actually like, if 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 the dragon found you, then you, they would probably kill you. Yeah. So you just disguise yourself as like one of their eggs. All right, I can see it. We were talking about uh, Kuatoa before we started recording. I think an ooze that has become like a divine soul sorcerer because uh, a group of Kuatoa like worship oh it as a goodness. god. Yes. That could also yes. Be funny. Oh, I I okay. Uh, a, a a warlock powered by by Kuatoa, like a a, yeah. a, a, yeah, like a fathomless warlock. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it would be so fun. Because then you wouldn't have it a you wouldn't work. you wouldn't even have a patron, right? At that point, it would be like a Patreon. You yeah. You 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 are the patron to the Kuatoa. <laughs> exactly. Than the other way yeah. I think but that's like funny. yeah, but they're the ones that give you your power. I yeah, I, I think the, that yeah, 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 it's yeah. like a symbiotic relationship. I love it. Or maybe it's not symbiotic because you don't actually do anything for the Kuatoa. They just kind of give you these powers because they revere you it kind of sounds more like a um what's what's the word for that when it's when it's not when it's not a symbiotic relationship it's a it's a one-sided parasitic parasitic relationship yes all right let's um i think we've i think we've squeezed and juiced as much as we can get out of the plasmoid for now that is that is a visual i did not want yeah yeah i'm sorry (laughs) let's move on to the three green um which is the last uh little little race on our list so three queen are they're insect people uh Uh, they've been in the monster manual since the dawn of 5e um they are incredibly important to certain um settings specifically dark sun three queen are really important in dark sun so I think it's about time that we got a playable three queen race. Hundred percent. I I, 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 am I would super down for it. I would like to say uh, when it does say creature type, it's it's just creature type. You are a monstrosity. You are a monstrosity. <laughs> like why are you bullying me? Yeah, it's like wow. Okay, fucking rude. Um, yeah. but like this, I feel very seen by that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I I love this race. I I think yeah, it's they're it's so weird. Incredibly <laughs> interesting. <laughs> So yeah, just just to be clear, they are like they're like bug people. Like they, they stand up people. on two legs, but they have like a whole bunch of arms and they speak telepathically, like they don't have the capacity to speak normal languages like with their vocal cords and mouth system. So they like to speak to creatures that aren't other three creed, they use it they use their mind. Um so you get, you know, average walking speed, you get some unarmored uh defense. So it's the same uh, as actually the, this know, thirteen plus your defense. Oh yeah, just sorry, it does say well you're well you aren't wearing armor. Sorry, I, I yeah, didn't yeah, read yeah. that part. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's it's thirteen plus your dex was just the same as the autonome. Mm-hmm. Um and then you also get like an interesting um advantage on dexterity checks. Which is weird. Like you get to you, you have like a camouflage almost where like you can change your, your color to match the background. Yeah, um, so it's it's specifically dex checks, like dexterity stealth yeah. checks, not just dexterity ability checks in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, dark then, vision, whatever. Um, so does everything. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Uh, but you do this get secondary arms ability. Yeah. is the most interesting one to me. Oh my goodness, it is incredible. Yeah. So you have four arms. Um, you have four arms. You get two main humanoid arms, and then you get two tinier ones that kind of come out from underneath them. Uh, and th- there are stipulations with these arms. Um, you can wield a weapon that has the light property, but no other weapon. So this is um, like a, a, a short sword, um, a hand crossbow, but you can't use like a great axe in your secondary arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also can't wield a shield. So you can't like triple up on shields. <laughs> you can't just have like one shield in like a main arm and then your two smaller arms are wearing two more shields. Oh, that would you be cannot so triple cool. up on shields. Um, I I'm not smart enough to break this ability, but I'm sure there are things you can do with having four arms that would break the game. You mean like a monk? I mean, how? Like, explain. 
I I feel like if you had this many web, like if you, if you had this many arms, you could just use them it at the same time. The attacks you get, does it? I mean, I, I I feel like there's there's a way to make that excuse. I think I I, I think you can <laughs> I mean, you yeah, can if you have like a really lenient DM. Yeah, um, I mean, you could think of like a, a if you kind of think of like a grappler build, you can grapple with your main arms and then just punch with your little ones. Actually, that yeah, that could work. I, yeah, I, I could see that working. Um, I just mean like. I'm sure there's a combination of things you could hold. Oh yeah, like, I mean, you, that's, could, you yeah. could wield like you could wield like in theory you could wield four different magic weapons as long as they didn't all require attunement, and yeah. then you could like pick whatever one you needed for a specific fight. Like I don't know, I just think there's like there's probably something you could do with the ability that breaks it. I mean, uh, I'm just not smart enough to figure it out. I mean, if you think about it, the um like well, I mean the the crossbows have the the loading uh you know feature yeah. right, so you can't actually attack more than more than once in a round with with a crossbow yeah, yeah, yeah. unless you have crossbow expert yeah, or multiple crossbows held in multiple arms. He's right. You you like, honestly that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah, um, I mean like I'm I'm thinking about that like in in the sense of like um you know I guess in, it'd be in, really easy to justify like a dual wielding um crossbow like yeah crossbow like we were talking about like uh we were talking about guns before i mean like you you've you've got fucking you can have four guns on you if you wanted to just yeah. shooting them off you could be the rootinest yeah, I mean, tootinest three keen ever <laughs> yeah, like a little cowboy three creed actually <laughs> makes me so happy to think about um yeah and then the last ability here is what i was talking about um you have telepathy because they specifically call out the fact that um Three Koreans speak by crackling their or clack clack clacking their mandibles and waving their antenna. So you cannot communicate normally with other creatures who don't speak three Korean. You have to use tele- telepathy. Um, now you don't have to have common languages or whatever. It just works, but only within a hundred and twenty foot range. So you cannot talk to your your buddies if you're outside of one hundred and twenty feet of them. Mm-hmm. I I actually I, I I really enjoy uh this this aspect. I I think the telepathy is really interesting and yeah. i mean like the the fact is is like if if you can speak telepathically that means you can like talk with your party without the enemy hearing you stealth missions um you know things like yeah. that it's very uh, good yeah. to be able to speak telepathically. yeah 100 percent. i mean like uh i i used to play a um kalashtar who basically they have like you can do telepathic communication um and so we kind of uh jimmy rigged that to basically make it like a, a telepathic field so that we could all communicate together um in this sort of telepathic field Ooh. right kind of like like miss martian in um in like you know uh, Young Justice and stuff like that. Like you, you can, yeah. like that provides so much help with like n- not not even in combat. Like you could think of it like when you're trying to make a deal uh, for a contract, like for some work or something. Like as adventurers, right? Like being able to basically have that like in character table talk um, without yeah. needing to be like, oh, we need to like discuss these ideas before we say yes to your uh, to your proposal here, right? Just being able to like you know telepathically do that during the conversation i i it's it's such a huge help like i i almost wish for sure yeah i almost wish that i could add it to every campaign that i play to be honest because it's like i i I mean i I, honestly it is something that i like to do if if i can create like a telepathic field to communicate with the other players i i try to do it yeah (laughs) exactly right yeah yeah like little cell phones or whatever yeah yeah, no, I think cool. it's a great idea. And I, I mean, like, yeah, the, I, um, yeah. Three Korean, I, I also see Fighter. Um, 100%. I can see a Paladin, almost. Um, yeah, I mean, Fighter gets I, so I just, many attacks. Oh, my goodness. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. And, like, uh, again, like, anything dex-based is going to be fantastic because you, you do get that 13 plus your dex modifier for not wearing armor, mm-hmm. which is, again, it's better than any non-magical leather. So, um, yeah, like a Rogue, a Fighter, um, I, I could see a lot of that. If you wanted to play against, you know, like even a cleric, like I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, I, I don't know much about three cream, but I'm sure there's a lot like some lore that would uh, justify you being a cleric of some kind. I just think anything would work because they're so freaking creepy. Yeah, they're really cool. I I gotta say, yeah. I I, like, I do think that like it's it's about time they have them. I my brother's obsessed with three cream. Like he was so happy to see this because he was like, yeah, now it, this is about time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm including these and everything. And I was like, yeah, man, hundred um, percent. No, I, I I think it's a I think it's a wonderful idea. I mean, like an artificer. I think it would be like super fun to play an artificer yeah. with extra arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it just really for the good. flavor of like, yeah, no. While I'm tinkering, I'm also doing other things. Or while I'm while I'm doing anything, I'm also tinkering. You know, like yeah, dude. Okay, what about a ranger? Who, um, like, while they're fighting, t- 
takes like has like a little notebook and a pen and is like writing down information about the monsters they're fighting. <laughs> oh, their oh arms. my goodness! I, I, okay, I, I've fully come up with a concept now, and it is, it is a three keen uh, bard who is, uh, you know, while while they're playing awesome. their instrument, like, they're right, also just like writing, the story. writing yeah. the story. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness! So Holy shit! Yeah, because right. like if 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 JJ, JJ had extra nice arms, yeah, if JJ in Folks and Fables had extra arms. That is what he would be doing at all times. Like he, he wouldn't have extra arms. He would they, they would always be ready. Like that that is in yeah, incredible, incredible flavor. In case, in case JJ ever gets like a crazy mutation. <laughs> I, I there there's a lot of potential with I I think we can just kind of circling back to this whole document, there is a lot of potential with uh if not all, then definitely most of the the things that they've given us here to 100%. work with. I like o- honestly, I this is this is the most exciting Unearthed Arcana to come out in like I want to say in a two while. years, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Because it's, it, it's it, first of all, it's it's a multitude of options. There's six new races, and it's hinting towards some larger stuff that they're working towards. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm playing. If I'm playing, if I'm running D and D, you can expect to at least, if not just the monkey people. Like, if someone has a really strong three cream concept or a really strong plasmoid concept, like you're you're, you're gonna see it in my games. Oh, so. I'm I'm telling you right now that that three keen. I I have a feeling that that is going to be one of my next characters. I I'm yeah. I am putting I Make I am sure putting myself too, on. Yeah, I think that would be so much fun. Yeah, well, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode. Duncan, is there anything that you want to plug at the moment? Uh, yeah, so uh, if anyone is interested in any sort of, uh, you know, Canadian-based or just, uh, you know, North American sort of based uh, theological aspects into uh, radical inclusivity or progressive, uh, you know, theology, um, I strongly encourage you to check out uh, the Student Christian Movement's uh, new podcast, uh, which I am a co-host and editing um, that is called Spirits Rising. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, including anywhere you get uh, Cast Without Trace. Um, you, you can just look up uh, Spirits Rising uh, at anchor.fm. Um, it's also available on YouTube. As for Cast Without Trace, you can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, CWTPOD, CWTPOD. Um, you can find us on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I will be uh, sending out some some messages on the uh, on the internet soon so make sure to keep your eyes out for that outside of that uh i just want to thank you for listening to this episode of cast without trace uh, duncan and i really appreciate it if you do enjoy it um, and you're listening on a uh, platform that allows you to review please give us five stars it helps us a lot uh, and uh, let us know what you think on our social medias yeah and until next time take care yeah have a good one folks <laughs>